right then. It is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of May, the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Thank you for coming along and joining us on this Monday. It is uh, Monday and welcome to Day 12. Our telephone number today is 503-228-4101. 1-800-344-KUFO. 503-228-4101. If you would like to uh, be part of today's show with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, kvetches, musings of an ironic nature, uh, whatever it is you might have today, yeah, that is how you uh, interact and engage with us. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Uh, you can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com rick at rickemerson.com sarah with an h at kufo.com tim at kufo.com or nibbler at kufo.com and uh, so forth i don't even remember who said this by the way but this is the best quote from friday i wrote this down after the show at some point i have this on a piece of what my uh what my grandmother used to call a scratch pad it says rock 101 kufo at the top and here written in my own hand and again, I can't remember who said this. I've just written this down. It says, you haven't seen anything until you've seen a Parkinson's patient golfing. I don't know who said that. Paddock said that. Chris Paddock said that. There what, you go. What would that look like? You know, I don't know. I think you'd have to ask program director Chris Paddock. So there you go. I mean, just in case you're like, in case you're running short on things to ask him about today. Maybe there was a Parkinson's golf tournament that we weren't invited to. <laughs> Well, we can't go to everything. That's no, true, Tim. We can only be in so many places at once. That's the, uh, I think it's the first law of spatial relation. All right, well, there you go. It is 503-228-4101. Coming up uh, later on in today's program, we'll talk to senior radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum from uh, New York City. Today is National Bike to Work Month, week or year, yes. some damn thing. And there's free breakfast at Pioneer Courthouse Square for bikers tomorrow. All I know is I have an excuse for never biking again. So that's it. It's not like I was doing it anyway. I Doesn't... don't have a bike. You know, you don't have a bike. No. I have a bike, but I have to uh, I have to get up at 3 a.m. So I uh, I no longer... It's not I like I'm going to try this summer, though, if it's nice you know, in the middle of the night when we wake up. I'm not even going to try. You're a much better person than I am. Well, so you know what? I have to tell my... It is right now, it is 5.03 in the a.m., which means that my wife is actually now out of bed and up because she will be biking to work, and she and she works like eight you know eight miles away from our house. So she will be biking because she's a good person, not unlike you, Sarah, much differently than Tim and I. But, Tim and but, I, but I would think that riding your bike through your neighborhood at this time of the morning would be all the more reason to pedal faster. Well, it is a little scary. I have to say sometimes that would get you in shape. There is something to be. I mean, I'm not saying you're out of shape. I am out of shape. Hold up your right arm again, please, Sarah. Has Tim seen the? Uh, has Tim seen what is gracing the inside of your right arm? <laughs> I believe I saw a picture of that online, but I didn't know if that was true or not. No, it's not a real tattoo. It's I a some, henna tattoo. Yeah, I had some friends in from Bremerton this weekend, and you know, when anyone comes to Portland, you have to bring them, you know, show them all the city. So we went downtown to Saturday Market on on Saturday, and then we thought it would be hilarious to find the tackiest thing at the uh, henna tattooing booth. And, and the tackiest thing is. 
A giant unicorn head. Well, yay, <laughs> that's great. Um, I have to say that, that I don't think I really got a, a chance to look at that up close and personal because I saw a picture of it on your on, on your Facebook or whatever. And who's the other person whose arm is in that photograph with you? Oh, my friend Tanea. She's one of my best friends from high school. All right. See? So she came to visit this weekend with uh, my other friends. I have strange name friends. I, uh, Tanea came and visited with uh, Pee Wee and Sheehan. Uh-huh. Anywho, I couldn't tell uh, by looking at your Facebook entry if those were real tattoos or not. And for there was just this brief moment where I thought you might have gotten drunk and decided to get the supplementary tattoo of a unicorn no. that was going to be with you forever. I'm too indecisive. All right. Well, good for you. Yes. All right. Fantastic. But it's yeah. But it keeps getting darker. So I guess the thing with henna is that you know every day it gets darker and then it starts to fade. But seriously, every morning I've woken up since I've gotten it, it gets just like darker. How darker. is it that it gets darker? That's weird. How does that I, even work? It works at the pigment of your skin or something. Because when I first had it done, it was like a light yellow, and then every day. And like exposure to air or something and it gets in then the color gets more pronounced yeah, i think air and like heat and i was in the sun a lot yesterday and so when i was in the sun all of a sudden i looked at my arm a few hours later and it was dark wait, 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 so what is henna i don't know some kind of say it's pigment? a spice yeah it's a spice i don't know but it was strange the woman who did it um for me too she uh was this lady at the saturday market who was wearing a burqa and she i couldn't see anything about her except for her glasses and just really like I don't know, she looked very traditional, but she was a really cool lady, and she, like, did this all by hand, and then, you know, she's sitting there wearing this burqa with, like, these handmade sandals, you could see. Then at one point, she's, uh, she had just finished doing the tattoo on my friend Sheehan. She's like, hey, do you mind if I take a picture? And this lady in a burqa whips out a Blackberry. Yeah. And takes a picture of it. I'm like, I, I just didn't understand. It was the most surreal kind of thing. So as long as she doesn't use that BlackBerry to look up any free thought on the internet. Exactly. And I guess she'll be fine. Or anything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 503-228-4101. I don't have anything that interesting from this weekend. I mean, really, that was, I, I have nothing. What do I have? I have written, I have made some, uh, I've made some notes to myself. But they're all just completely pointless. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a unicorn of any kind anywhere. So, uh, we are, however, joined today at the news desk by your personal savior, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Right with the. Yeah. Well, yeah. here I am. Hold on a second. It's just. Ah. That's me attempting to make the sound effect happen uh, by making wacky noises with my mouth, Michael Winslow style. In the news with Tim Riley. Excellent. Just in the nick of time, I did nothing interesting. I sat around and soaked my feet, which, which nobody really wants to hear oh, about. Oh yeah, how's no, I feel so middle-aged, if not older. I'd like to. I'd like to hear about it endlessly, Tim. What was the manner of bath salt in which you soaked your feet? Did you? It, use... it was Doctor Scholl's. It comes in that box. They weren't of the Epsom variety. No, they weren't. Doctor Scholl's is much better. Much is it more like Alka-Seltzer for your feet. Yeah, it is. Maybe you could do that thing they do in the East Coast now where you just put your feet in a pan and then a bunch of fish come and uh, you know, nibble on your toes. Oh, I saw that, too. I'll try that next weekend. All right, Tim Riley soaking his feet. Well, That's anyway, there are more interesting things to hear about than my feet, I'm sure. webcam for that. There should be. Well, get this. How would you like to make up to $70,000 twittering for the county? Um, I say would. yes. Yes, I would. Okay. Well, this is the job for you. Multnomah County Chair Ted Wheeler is taking the heat for offering this new county job. It's posted... On the uh, county website, they are looking for a qualified candidate, whatever that might be, to be paid between sixty and $70,000 to Twitter and Facebook for the county. Are you kidding me? No, it's a brand new position. That is amazing. It is It is amazing, and I checked it, and it is up there. So if you want a Twitter or Facebook for the county... Oh, who doesn't? Go online to the uh, the county job website and sign up. Done and done. Let's see. I'll have to try to find some time to do that, but okay. So uh, Wheeler says he's more than willing to pay less, but who's going to ask him to do that? Oh, I mean, rather than I demand that you give me $20,000 a year for this. 
This is a great job, but I demand that I be paid one-fifth of what you were advertising. I will not accept this. So $70,000 to Twitter. That's great. For the county. That's fantastic. So somebody in St. Helens, somebody with a sword, decides to get in a fight with a guy with a gun. Guess guess who wins? Somebody with a sword. Uh, I don't know. My money's on the gun. Yes, it's a confrontation between two friends. That's great. One with a handgun, the other with a sword, ended last night in tragedy. As a man with a sword, uh, well, he... He took a lethal gunshot wound. The well, two men were next door neighbor. They golfed together. Investigators aren't sure what sparked this argument. I was just going to ask, are we clear on what started the fight exactly? Nobody's sure. Uh, but uh, the fellow named Briley grabs a sword. And then the other guy named Marchin grabs a gun. And uh, they face off at the intersection of North and Lamont Street. Oh, please tell me that it was a duel where there was like a... You know, and like tumbleweeds was flowing across. Well, the, the one guy goes, sure, and he pulls out the sword, and then the other guy just has a pistol. So even before Briley got to raise the sword, Marchin fired. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. I'm completely yes, you laughing. Are. You I are. am laughing. I mean, you would think of your next-door neighbors, you would understand. Look, I mean, where was this at? This is in St. Helens. So I mean that's a, that's a that's a bedroom community or whatever they call it. I mean, it's, so it's what a, I don't know. It's a, it, but it's a small. In other words, it's a small place. It's not yeah. like you're in Manhattan. So it seems like if he's your neighbor, you would know him pretty well. It, you might know that he was a gun owner or the type to have a gun before you start pulling out a samurai sword in the middle of the street, and then you just go down Raiders of the Lost Ark style, which is exactly why I'm laughing. That's what you're picturing. Because in my head, I'm like with the guy with the with the scimitar, and that's exactly what happened. And then his neighbor Ted just gone. One one less problem. People watch for your moves in St. Helens, I guess. The guy should have known better. That, that is true. All right. It is uh, 503-228. Sarah, do you have the, uh, the music log handy over there? Because I, uh, I don't have that in front of me. I don't have it well, in front of me Well, I can let you know what it is. Seems like it ought to be, I was going to try to uh, forward promote or tease uh, whatever the, because there's a thing happening here, and then there's a second thing, then some more things. Is it time to crank up the old Victrola again? Yes, it is, Tim. It's time to gather the family around the wireless. I've I've got nothing. All right. It is 503-228-4101. As for Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself, we will return in 11 minutes. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Show on Rock 101 KUFO. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Well, to appreciate that girl, you really got to put on your meth goggles. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. This is all true. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. It is Rock 101 KUFO Monday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Later on, I don't have it here with me. I think it's in the trunk of my car, actually. Uh, what? I, it's a body, Sarah. Is it alive? Yes. Well, maybe. At I don't know. Point? Now I probably have to go check on something. No, it's uh, it's the world's most useless... It may be not the world's most useless consumer item. It is, in fact, something from the Sky Mall catalog. Uh, that I have brought in today. You purchased something from the Sky Mall catalog. Well, I purchased many, many things from the Sky Mall catalog. Let's have no illusions about that. That's not like a one-time deal. Uh, I we have all per- have a favorite Sky Mall purchase. Have you purchased anything from there? No, I don't. What happens is I, I get out of my vacation mode once I get at home, and those magazines are placed in a drawer and a special table where I look at things when I don't want to face reality. <laughs> when was the last time you say you'd opened that drawer, Tim? I don't know. <laughs> was it... Uh, was it any time recently? Uh, perhaps so, yes. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. It's good to laugh. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? Well, I it, but you know, a lot of the body in the trunk. But the, uh, but the, but the, the Scamal catalog is one of those things that seems like all that stuff is, uh, yeah, obviously it's useless. That's the whole point. But 
it's a special kind of useless when you're on the plane where you kind of you can almost convince yourself that like you ought to buy one of those things like just for a goof or something you know what i mean like what is this well it's like a uh, it's it's because it, it'll seem quasi useful such as um it will be uh like an like a windshield ice scraper that has a heated glove that goes along with it so your hand doesn't freeze while you're scraping the ice you know what's that can't find your winter gloves but don't want to scrape the windshield and freeze your hand it's a heated glove attached to an ice scraper it has a little voice in the speaker that goes (laughs) when you're scraping the windshield (laughs) yes exactly that um to me, it's always heated things or like motion-activated things, or like the uh, like a heated uh, bath mat or something that would be on the floor of the sh- you know on the floor of the shower or something. And you know what's that? The hot water hits everything but your feet. How about a heated floor mat for the shower? <laughs> and it moves to wipe your feet without moving. Exactly, uh, and it's got Mister Bubbles on the front of it. So, th- but then, so it almost seems plausible when you're on your plane. You're like, well, I could buy that. That seems like a fair purchase. I would. I mean, that's just that's just common sense. This product. But then once you land. It's like you're out of the weird uh, protective bubble, and you look at it and you go, "That's just stupid." I, I, I would be a pig-like American if I if I bought that. Which, and I have this theory that that's why they started putting those uh, phones on the plane because it was some sort of secret deal with with the Sky Mall people, because they knew that then while you were inside the weird alternate reality of the plane, you would just pick up that AT and T Sky Miles thing or whatever it's called, the Sky Phone, and just be like, "Yeah, I'll take uh, the embossed golf balls, please. That'd be fantastic." Monogrammed. Thanks so much. Um, so, but I made a purchase from a SkyMall catalog, and it's not that I don't love it, I do, but there's just no longer any place for it in our house. I mean, physically, and then aesthetically, it just doesn't fit with anything. It's my, because my wife's been on this whole thing of revamping the inside of her home. And you can't really tell, if you look at her house on the inside, it looks exactly the same. But, um, but on the inside, she's kind of gone through, and she's just been redoing one room after another. And the latest was the kitchen, and so this, it, it now no longer goes in the kitchen. It doesn't fit, it doesn't, and it doesn't work anywhere in the house. So, uh, I'll tell you what that is. Later on. Is that uh, the thing in the trunk? No. Well, I, I oh, brought it here because... Story. No, no, no. This is that story. It's the oh. SkyMall item. It's in the trunk of my car because I'm going to get rid of it. I uh, And so I don't exactly know how. I mean, it seems kind of corny to just sort of give it away to call or whatever, which is so I'm not going to do that. But I, I, I don't know. We'll find some... Uh, I'll find some method by which that we'll, uh, by which we'll give it away because I just... I, I don't want to... You know, like, I don't want to give it the goodwill or something. Because don't get me wrong, not like uh, not like those people don't deserve SkyMall items too. But I mean, this is but this is you know, this is something a little bit special. It seems like I ought to find something uh, interesting to do with. It. So I'll bring this SkyMall item in later on, and uh, we'll talk about it. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on your Monday morning. A man has to be arrested after ramming a Beaverton police car, and is nobody really knows what to do with Portland's Memorial Coliseum. And Donald Trump will decide on how he'll discipline Miss California tomorrow. And what? What did she do? <laughs> Donald Trump will decide on how he'll discipline Miss California tomorrow. Okay, that I wondered if that sounded as perverse the second time as the first time, and indeed it does. By the way, speaking of Donald Trump, I accidentally watched Celebrity Apprentice last night because my wife watches it. Mm-hmm. It's when I say accidentally, it's not that I mean it's just that she watches a lot of reality TV. She's just kind of a, a sucker for that stuff. Um, does anybody here watch Celebrity Apprentice? No, I've never seen it. Okay, so I watched it. I this is the second one. I watched the first Celebrity Apprentice almost all the way through because Gene Simmons was a contestant, and of course that's the way to because I am a male between the ages of twenty five and fifty four. That is the way to get me to watch anything is to put Gene Simmons in it. So I watched the first one, and then the second one, I I've heard about it, but I hadn't watched any of it actually until last night. But it, she just she watches it every week, and so I was in the uh, 
the uh, in the living room with my uh, my stylish MacBook typing away. And the thing about the MacBook is, is that we can have togetherness without actually having to interact or be together. So I'm in the living room uh, typing away in the Mac. She is on the couch watching Celebrity Apprentice. And Joan Rivers is one of the contestants on The Celebrity Apprentice. And this is one of those observations that is like comedians going like, what about airplane food? It, where it just seems like such a hackneyed thing. But it must be said, like, the, her face is just not even of this world anymore. I mean, I know she's... Oh, it's a, freaky looking. And and, and, I, and everybody sort of is aware of that. And then she herself makes fun of it. But then you just see it in like the cold, harsh light of those television cameras. I wonder how it doesn't melt. That It's not even that. It's like... It, it it looks like a mask. It looks like a fully plasticine, immobile mask. You know what it looks like? It looks like that Body Worlds exhibit that was at OMSI where they took the corpses and dipped them in plastic. It looks like someone took a regular face and dipped it in plastic so that it could not move and then went and stuck it on her face. It is just completely... It's like she's wearing um one of those masks that the kids have on in Pink Floyd's The Wall. Where they're just sort of, you know, headmaster, no! Like that, <laughs> it's got like a Joan Rivers face painted on the front of it. It's all very unnerving. Um, and you know who else is on Celebrity Apprentice? But that is just, that, Celebrity Apprentice is like a, is like a beach on, onto which washes up just all manner of, uh, of, of fame garbage. Tom Green, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Green of the Tom Green Show or Experiment or whatever the hell that thing was called on MTV that we all thought was funny for like three weeks back in 1995. Tom Green of my, uh, my bum is on the chair, Tom Green. Mm-hmm. You all know oh, who the Tom one who, Green yeah, is. who married Drew Barrymore. Yeah, boy, he's pudged up something fierce. Really? Yeah, he's got a whole... He looks like... Tom Green now looks like... Um, uh, uh, he looks like... Someone specific? Yeah, it, it, it's somebody very specific, and I can't quite... He looks like Mike Nesmith. That's who it is. Tom Green... Now or then... Middle ground. He looks Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. He looks like Mike Nesmith. Let's say 1985 or so. Mike Nesmith, like around the time that he was doing that show, Television Parts. Um, so if you see Mike Nesmith of the Monkees uh, now, you subtract a few years and make him kind of fat. That's what Tom Green looks like. It was just, a, and it was like you didn't even recognize. You we were sort of watching, and then you say, "Who is that?" Oh my God, it's Tom Green. Which is sort of a like a, that's a little bit of an alley oop you'll have sometimes with celebrities where you go. Hey, that's interesting. Who's that person right there? Oh, Jesus, God Almighty, it's Farrah Fawcett. Holy, holy, holy Christ. Uh, and then you just have to avert your eyes. So, there you go. It is 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, you are just about four minutes away from Van Halen right here on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, myself. We'll be back in 13 minutes. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere. I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Okay. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Sarah X. Dillon likes this. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, you can email me like it's Rick at RickEmerson.com. Coming up in the next hour, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum talks about ride your bike to work today, which I think he did even though he lives in the... I don't know where he lives. He lives in Queens? Uh, he lives in Brooklyn. He lives in Brooklyn. Works in Manhattan. Uh, so uh, we will talk to him about that. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will be here too. No pun intended. Pine away for Captain Kirk as she talks about the uh, box office results from this weekend. Later on, CNN Radio correspondent uh, Steve Kastenbaum uh, will join us today about 
Well, I guess there's these torture memos that came out that said a lot of things like, sure, torture, torture away, torture the hell out of those guys. Sign Nancy Pelosi or something or, you know, like CCNP uh, at the bottom. So we will uh, talk about that. Oh, hey, and, and, you know, just so I can't be accused of not bringing this stuff up or trying to sweep it under the rug. So this Friday is, I believe, the lunch for everybody who is on the Sleep Country uh, bowling team for me. Really? So okay. I do believe I don't don't hold me to that because... The, because the deal is we got to find a day that works for, for all five people on the team. I mean, I'll do it whenever. And the last time I checked, uh, this coming Friday, three of the five people were able to do it. We hadn't heard back from two. I so, can't wait to rub it in your team's face that even though, you know, um, one of your teammates got a, you know, seven strikes in a row, we still beat you guys yeah, with points. Just saying. Uh, is the, wait a minute, but that's not true. It is true. How is that possible that you would beat me at points if we got if, if one somebody on our team got seven strikes in a row? I know it's consistency, Rick. That doesn't even seem possible. It's Was everybody on the, on the team just so flat out bad that it can't? No, no offense. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's on the website. I got number ten out of the whole thing, and you were number eleven. Right. Well, because I wasn't in town uh, the day of the actual event, so I agreed to take everybody to lunch uh, in my pajamas. So that's coming up uh, this Friday, I believe, assuming everybody can sort of do it uh, and so forth. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. So a guy walks into a Beaverton Sheriff's office and says, please arrest me. Well, they take him seriously after he smacked into a police car. Yes, the sheriff's employee watched as Tavender Singh drove his Honda Civic into the parking lot, running the patrol car as a left bender. So he was taken away to jail. So here's a very bad idea. Hey, guys, let's put on our own private air show. Did a whole bunch of guys in Buckley, Washington? Did they? Did it had to contain a lot of phrases like "It'll be boss" and "Look at this"? Mm-hmm. Well, look at this. <laughs> An experimental helicopter crashed during this private air show. Is someone dead? No. Oh. As a matter of fact. That's good. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the copter pilot uh, thought a small plane was approaching and moved to avoid it. He thought it was a small plane. It didn't turn out that way. In doing so, the spinning rotor slammed into the ground and the helicopter flipped over. Wow. Then this fellow jumps out of the helicopter, waves, indicating he wasn't hurt, and refused treatment. Of course. No, 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 it's fine. I'm, I'm okay. Look away, please. Oh, my shame. Uh, so we have a whole bunch of sound cuts here from uh, the press conference that the president had over the weekend. So I only saw little bits and pieces of this. I was sort of uh, flipping around doing something. Oh, I was watching that. Um, I mean, because like, he's coming to town, so I'm on this whole Anthony Bourdain kick. So I was watching, uh, uh, they had a marathon of uh, No Reservations, including that episode the kind of a very special no reservations where they tried to film the one in Beirut and then mm-hmm. it was like a bombing of the airport right next to their hotel. And so it ended up being kind of this weird documentary about life in Beirut. So I only saw a little uh, snippets of the Obama press thing, but apparently it was pretty good. So we have a whole bunch of them. And this uh, clip, he takes a shot at Dick Cheney during the correspondence dinner. OK, well, this is supposed to work. Dick Cheney was go. supposed to be here, uh, but he is very busy working on his memoirs, tentatively titled how to shoot friends and interrogate people. Uh, Let's see, uh, what else do we have here? Oh, he talks about Hillary Clinton in this one. Which brings me to another thing that's changed in in this new, warmer, fuzzier White House. Uh, And that's my relationship with Hillary. Uh, We had been rivals during the campaign, uh, but these days we could not be closer. In fact, uh, the second she got back from Mexico, she pulled me into a hug and gave me a big kiss. Okay, that's funny. (laughs) Told me I better get down there myself. 
Okay, see, that uh, the, the, I wasn't sold on the first joke, but that right there, that's that's comedy is mm-hmm. what that is. I mean, I don't know who uh, who writes that sort of stuff. What a weird job I must be to write one-liners for the president. Yeah. I mean, because they don't go over, you know, he's just going to have you transferred to the Federated States of Micronesia. You'll never be seen again. Walmart is being sued for housing a giant swamp rat. A Louisiana woman suing Walmart over the incident where a Nutria, we've discussed these things before, Nutria, affectionately named Norman, who apparently is the store's live mascot, Came from behind a Coca-Cola rack and scared the woman. I don't... What do you mean it's a live mat? <laughs> Since when does Walmart have a mascot of any kind? This is a Louisiana Walmart. I mean, typically the Walmart mascot would just... I mean, like a mascot would be a guy in like a bad, ill-fitting sponge rubber suit, right? Dressed as like a like a Statue of Liberty. But like instead of a torch, it's holding like... I don't know, it's holding like a like a coupon cutting device of some kind. But a real mascot isn't uh, talking on a cell phone while it hangs onto a sign. No, but I don't think an actual mascot would, quote, be hiding behind a Coca-Cola machine. Wouldn't they have it on display or in some sort of a case? Or Hey, kids, come look at Norman the Nutria. M- maybe this is where the Walmart uh, swamp rat takes its break. This seems like a little bit of ass covering because it seems like if it was an actual mascot, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be sort of left to its own devices and be darting out from behind a baseboard heater and savagely attacking the customers. That's not a mascot. That's a, uh, that's what do you call it? That's a wild animal. Well, this one w- was, uh, uh, pushing her laundry, uh, laundry, uh, her grocery cart, and suddenly, without warning, Norman darted from behind the coke rack and ran toward her. The woman, feeling for her safety, uh, pulled the shopping cart toward her and, in the process, ran over her foot. Oh, so wait, so the thing didn't bite her? No, 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 no. It scared her. Oh, so the nutria didn't bother her at all. It was just that, that like, she she was unnerved, as, let's be well, fair. Well, like a, as, a curious puppy dog might run up to you. Yeah, but let's be honest. Those things are weird looking. because Oh, well, they are. They're we, scary. We've had those the discussion about the nutria here because uh, I would, you know, you go by OMSI, like if you're, especially if you're biking, and so you, it's the combination of speed and stealth, mm-hmm. and they don't know you're coming. And I was like, what the hell is that thing? And then we, we had no idea what, I thought it was an otter or something, or a possum or some such. Um, it, but it's a, yeah, it means a huge rat, basically. Well, that certainly seeds for being unnerved. Who can blame her? But, but she must have brittle feet because first she just ran over her foot with a shopping cart wheel, and then in the second claim she broke her bones doing it. I mean, well, what is she made out of? Well, she is a Walmart customer, so you know that cart was heavily, heavily laden with goods, Tim. A That's, lot of things. Well, I, I, I suppose that might very well so be true. Do one more here, and then we will uh, get caught up in the. Well, Jennifer Aniston getting uh, in shape for her new motion picture uh, management said the most important thing for her was to uh, work on her butt. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Huh? I ran up. You sure that's her working on her butt set. right there, right? I like to really prepare for my roles, and that was uh, that was important that they all, you know, the touch was tight. That's what we like. Whatever that meant. Where was she being interviewed when somebody used the phrase, the tush was tight? I don't know. It doesn't specify. All right. That's we'll be hearing more about that this, this week, I'm even sure. Even by my standards, that's off-putting. And I have no standards as such. It is a Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. You are three minutes away from the Beastie Boys, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Rick Emerson Show. So, of course, Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself will be back in just over 12 minutes. It's Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Monday morning, and good morning to you. It's 503 228 Sorry, I was a little hesitant there. You know, I, the 238-228 thing is, it continues to perplex me. Not unlike the 503-971 thing, which seems like it could have been avoided if they had just used a different prefix for each type of device that you're going to be calling. In other words, seems like landlines ought to have one prefix, 
Like, fax machines ought to have another kind of prefix. Cell phones could have a third prefix altogether. There you go. Bada bing. Done. And then I got this weird thing where they're, like, dividing up uh, the city into various... Like, does anybody know where the 971... Is there a physical dividing line there? Or is it just... No, no those, just are, ran... those are extra ones, aren't they? Yeah, I think they ran out of 503s. If you weren't lucky enough to get a 503, you got stuck with the 971. So but, that it, but so it's not like the state is divided up into sections or anything. Mm-mm. Like, no. you could be... Uh, like, you, could you have two numbers in the same house... And one of them is 503 and the other is 971? Yes. Mm-hmm. Your cell others... phone could be 971. All right. All right. I never had a landline in my house. It's like how they had to make an extra area code for New York because all of the 212 numbers got filled up. All right. Fair enough. And I thought for the, it, it seemed to me that all uh, area codes, the, the, you know, the, the, the area code, the three uh, numbers at the beginning, it seemed to me that they couldn't use certain uh, number combinations there because it's like, how would your phone know that you were dialing an area code and not the actual prefix to the number? Do you know what I mean? Right. So, like, if there's so, in other words, if our area code here is nine seven one, that must mean that there is no city in which the phone prefix is nine seven one. Because otherwise, how would the phone system know the difference? Oh, so that's 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 true. Also, no, it's, because I lived in a um, in Pullman, the uh, area code was five zero four, and then people have the prefix five zero four here. Really, as like the beginning to their number. Mm-hmm. This is so confusing. Then there might be companies that will sell you the area code of your choice, because because in L A two one three. Actors do not want eight one eight because it says you live in the valley. <laughs> and you live in the valley. What is the most? Is is two one three or three one zero the most desirable? Uh, no, three one zero means you can live in Long Beach. All right, two one three is the best. So maybe we should just do that here. Maybe we should just get a studio number that is a 503-213-4101. There you go. You know, you can buy a phone number for life. The phone company doesn't really advertise this. Uh, it's, this is like one of those off-menu deals they have at the In-N-Out Burger. You can actually go to the phone company. You can buy a phone number that will then stay with you wherever you go for the rest of your life. Uh, and even if you travel, you're in a hotel room somewhere, you get it forwarded to you anywhere around the world. Uh, so, like... The next, like, if you've got some kid that's going to be going off to college or something, and they can, it can work with a cell phone, it can work with whatever, uh, you just, they they find an empty phone number, a blank phone number, and, like, for your kid's 18th birthday, here you go. Here's your phone number, like, wherever ye may roam. This is the number at which you will be reached. So, anyway. Which, all of which just goes to, to indicate that it seems like we ought to be past this business of divvying up all the area codes here. You know what we could do is we could get rid of the 800 number, which I think, unless you're that guy who's listening in Rotterdam, I don't think you really need that. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, coming up today, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. What is that, you ask? Well, I'm here to tell you. Uh, so if you watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, and if you're listening to the show, the odds are probably 8 and 10 that you did. So when Mystery Science Theater 3000 went off the air, that group, uh, they all kind of scattered to the four corners of the earth. And then they kind of reunited with different projects. And it, it, it was essentially two teams. There's a team of Mike Nelson. And Mike Nelson, along with the guys who voiced Servo and Crow, they went on to do Riff Tracks, which is a fantastic company, uh, that they provide downloadable audio sort of mystery science theater accompaniments to movies. And then Joel Hodgson and all the guys uh, on the on kind of his side of the fence started this thing called Cinematic Titanic, which is more or less the same deal. And they do some live performances. And Sarah actually saw... I saw it uh, in Seattle. I can't remember the name of the movie that I saw, though. But you saw them do it live, where it's basically they're there with a script that has the sort of riffs on mm, it. Yes, yeah, so all of them are there, and you're watching a crappy movie, and then they'll uh, have their scripts that they're reading along with it, making fun of the movie. It was hilarious. So they're going to be in town at the Newmark May 29th and 30th. Different movie each night. Tickets on sale now. We'll be giving those away today. A pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. And uh, also on DVD, we're going to be giving away a copy of the, uh, it is the entire run of the Dana Carvey Show, which... If you didn't ever watch the Dana Carvey show, which would have been back in like maybe 90, 
God, when was the Dana Carvey show? Been on like 93, maybe 94? I don't remember that. Well, almost no one does because it was astounding and it was way ahead of its time. And so, of course, it was immediately canceled. I mean, it's far and away the best thing he ever did. Uh, I mean, the Dana Carvey show, you ask anybody who saw the Dana Carvey show was unbelievably good. I mean, it was just, and I don't think that's just the retrospective rose colored lenses of nostalgia talking there. It was just, it was a, it was a really groundbreaking show in a lot of ways. Um, and then it was immediately just <laughs> squashed and crushed by the network. Oh, like Get a Life. Yes, exactly. Yes. Wait, are you being sarcastic? No, I'm not. I'm being truthful. You love Get a Life. I love Get good a Life. Good for you, Tim Riley. God bless you. You're a good person. You know, not well, I try I, to be. I mean, not that I doubted it. I doubt it sometimes. But I don't doubt it right now. You know why? Because you like to get a life with Chris Elliott. Yes. We could do. We should just make it underappreciated shows that were squashed by the network week here on The Rick Emerson Show. We'll start with, uh, what's an obvious one? I guess not. I guess we don't have one. Please wait. We'll start with the Dana Carvey Show. Right. So we'll be uh, giving away the Dana Carvey Show on DVD uh, this week, ladies and gentlemen. Saturday Night Live veteran Dana Carvey takes a decidedly hilarious spin on pop culture in this sketch comedy series, including the comedic talents of Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert before they were household names. It's available on Amazon and brought to you by your friends at Shout Factory. All right, Tim Riley's tracking the following stories on this Monday. Well, Dick Chandy defends his torture fetish. Marie Osmond becomes ill and is forced to cancel the Vegas show. Thank God I saw them when I did. Jane's addiction lead singer Perry Farrell is injured on stage over the weekend. No one cares. Ride a bike to work tomorrow. Get a free breakfast at Pioneer Courthouse Square. Fantastic. Yes. All right. Hey, yes. so uh, so can people see your, uh, do they have to be Facebook members to see your, your uh, pony, your thing, your, no, your, your unicorn tattoo? My unicorn. All right. So I think it's saying ponytail. I know. Is it on your I blog? Back to the hair thing no, no, I I don't have it on there. All right, you should. I saw uh, it somewhere over the weekend. Where was it? Some it was on. It's on your Facebook page. Yeah, I put it up there, and then I kept getting a bunch of comments about it, like because people thought it was real, and I was joking about it. And people were like, I can't believe you did that, and they're just you know, uh, thinking I'm, that I did it. So I'm like, you know what? Never mind. I'm uh, just gonna take it down. Uh, I've got an email from people who want to see it. Though you should. I, it's, it's amusing. I find it. You should it put a photo kind of, of it up in your own blog so people darker, can. So I wonder how long it's gonna last. I'm just saying, is so people can see it and appreciate it while it is there. Hey, uh, real quickly here, and then we uh, got Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio in New York. He's going to be coming up here in a few. He'll talk about Ride Your Bike to Work Day. Uh, later on, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will be here. And uh, we'll have Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen, from the Hill. When we come back, I've got this right here in my hands. And you can tell it's important because it's on bright red paper, which I think we actually just used because we were out of regular paper here at CBS, a trillion-dollar company. And uh, L- Lacey... Uh, Lacey Turner. And I always want to say Lacey Peterson, and then that's awkward that's and wrong. That's what I always think. Uh, but, but I realize that she she's not behind that closed door upstairs. No, that she's can't not. can't possibly be her. No, so uh, so Lacey Turner just found this blood red paper and jammed it into the printer. But we've been offered a guest, ladies and gentlemen. And we come back. It, a guest, and then the same talent agency that has offered us this guest has offered us, like, seven other related guests, all of them awesome. And by awesome, I mean embarrassing. So... We'll get to that. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. You are just uh, three minutes away from Sublime on the Rick Emerson Show. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Extravaganza, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself will be back in 13 minutes. Stay there. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone in accordance with prophecy. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say nipples. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Nipples. What? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, Sarah. I think that's just the way the uh, rotator card is uh, sort of kicking out the uh, the rejoins there. Okay. It's all you because that was you saying, oh, my God, I thought you were going to say nipples. The previous one was you saying, I'm a, f- I'm a feminist, but look at my boobs. 
Uh, Those are totally taken out of context. Well, of course they are. That's the. I mean, that's the what would be the point otherwise. If we just played a bunch of things in context, there would be no perverse but amusement. But then again, I don't even know what context I'd be saying. Oh, I think I was making fun of some like slutty feminist. Okay, friend. you know, here's the thing that I don't understand is the one where I there's that rejoin where I say. Um, that clicking sound is me, by the way. That is me navigating through my Windows XP machine over here with with a strange... And it's got that thing, hey, there's a bunch of Adam Carolla liners in here. That's great. That's. Uh, let me see if I can just uh, play those accidentally while I'm trying to find this here. Hold on. Because Brent, I think, who is in Honduras at the moment, Brent Brizendine, uh, who is the guy that assembles all of those rejoin liners, which are the things that play between the commercial break and us, where it says, like, now more of the Rick Emerson show, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Brent assembled all the stuff for uh, the Corolla show when that was on. And then, you know, he assembles all the stuff for us as well. And he goes and he pulls all of these out of context quotes. And then he, he kind of sticks them in the middle of these other, you know, sort of production elements and he puts them together. The one that mystifies me though, is the one where I'm saying he's like the uncle buck of CBS radio, because I have no idea who I would even be referring to. Like, what would I, who's the uncle buck? Like, what was I even saying I don't know. about whom would I have been speaking that I would use the, the phrase buck of what of radio? I think of CBS radio. I don't think it's just radio. I think I say he's the uncle buck of CBS radio. And I have no idea who I would have been talking about when I said that it makes no sense at all. So it's not a multiple choice question. Well, I mean, I suppose it, it, I suppose it is, except that the choices are infinite. I mean, when you say multiple choice, the choices are, in fact, uh, endless, because I have no idea about whom I would have been having a discussion. It's 503-228-4101, coming up later on this hour. Tim Riley, who will be tracking the following stories at the news desk today. So a woman has grew up near a Beaverton Mac stop. She runs... Oh, she runs my she, hands! My dirty hands! Wash them! She runs to safety at a nearby 7-Eleven. They save her. Okay, in as much as anybody at a Beaverton Mac stop can be saved from anything. Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what to do with six million sandbags? That's the uh, question that uh, the town of Fargo is asking. Meanwhile, movers rush to Oprah's $50 million mansion to empty out her drawers before the fire gets there. I don't think about emptying out Oprah's drawers if it's mm-hmm. all the same for you. I mean, really, if you don't mind. All right. Okay, that's just checking. Is that it? That's it, yes. All right. That's welcome now to the the Rick Emerson Show from CNN Radio uh, New York. Our good friend Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm okay. I just don't want to think about Oprah's drawers. So we're going to uh, move on and pretend that that uh, that was never uttered on this show. How's life? Did you bike to work today? I actually did. Good for you. It is. Is it National Bike to Work Day or week or month or year or what? 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 What is it? National Bike to Work Week, and then it's then you know depending on where you go, there's National Bike to Work Days. There's National Bike to Work you know week. There's National there's Bike Bike Month. A lot of things go on in May around the bicycle, but nationally it's National Bike to Work Week. And uh, so uh, I did it here in New York. They they recently doubled the number of uh, the miles of bike lanes they have in New York City to. To, uh, from 200 to 400 miles of bike lane, which is pretty impressive here because uh, space is at a premium, right? You know, and you got to share the road with cars, trucks, pedestrians, and, you know, they can't make the roads, the streets, any wider. So they're sort of trying to, you know, uh, squeeze in bike lanes at anywhere they can here in New York. So in some areas, all that means is, is painting a line on the street. On other avenues, they're actually creating these, like, protected bike lanes where they put up a little, a little bit of a concrete... Uh, island between the bike uh, lane and, and regular traffic. So I wanted to see what it was like. 
Want to, want to hear? I recorded myself the whole way in. Just Rick. before, really, just before you play this, let me just say first of all. Uh, so Portland is, by most estimates, depending on where you read this, we are either the first or second bike friendliest city in in the country. Uh, so Portland and, and bicyclists, I mean, they go together like sunshine and moon glow, like John and Yoko, like cheese and macaroni. So, um, the, but the idea when you said that they there's that old saw like, well, you know, you ought to buy land. They ain't making any more of it. Well, you can't, as you pointed out, you can't make the streets any wider. So all you got to do is just painting these bike lanes into pre-existing roads, which I imagine goes over really well with all of the many millions of cars that are there. I mean, they, I mean, yeah. they couldn't be happier about that, probably. Yeah, you're right. They do take away, uh, they are starting to take away some traffic lanes uh, for bike lanes now, which uh, on some avenues uh, causes congestion. On others, it seems to actually de- decrease traffic because cars seem to stay away from those avenues. So it has a mixed effect. But, uh, you know, the biggest problem is when you get into Midtown, let's say you're biking to an office building here, all of a sudden, you know, you're in a very congested area during rush hour, lots of cars, lots of trucks, lots of taxis picking up and dropping people off, uh, lots of pedestrians just walking out into the street, uh, you know, and, and they're not aware of you, so you've got to be aware of, of them. If you're Please tell me you were nearly run down by an Albanian cab driver. Well, I did the thing that all bicyclists in New York do. If you're a real hardcore biker in New York, anytime a taxi pisses you off, you slap your hand really loud, again, really hard against the side of the taxi, and uh, if you're ever on the inside of a taxi when that happens, it's really shocking. <laughs> it really, really wakes you up, gets your attention. So I did that today because a taxi came extremely close to me. Doesn't it seem like that sort of, uh, didn't it seem, this is a Catholic reference, but doesn't it seem like that's a, a bit like playing an automotive advent calendar? You know what I mean? Where you're opening up one of those doors every day and sometimes it's chocolate and sometimes it's a guy with a gun who's going to shoot you in the face. Uh, perhaps. I don't know. I think the taxi drivers uh, in New York are used to uh, fighting. I'm not sure. I suppose that's true. I mean, I guess on the one hand, everybody in New York, you, you figure you just the nerve endings are hanging off the end of your nose. Everybody's probably so on edge most of the time. But on the other hand, it seems like maybe because of that, like the bar is raised a lot. For you to really get exercised or agitated enough to take the trouble to reach into your glove box and get the gun and load the gun and aim the gun and then, you know, sight the guy and then shoot the guy and then speed away, it probably is so much trouble that a guy would yeah. really, really have to push you over the edge, like by a great degree, to make you do that. I would say the the uh, the, uh, the difficulty in getting away, speeding away, as you just put it, uh, is probably the biggest factor that prevents people from doing it. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so let's uh, uh, hear some of this audio. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Seven miles from Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn to the CNN bureau. This is the hardest part of my commute into New York, and this is biking over the Manhattan Bridge. So far, so good. I'm riding in a bike lane on Christie Street, heading north. That was nice. City vehicle, double parked in the bike lane. This is the part of the ride that always makes me a little nervous. I'm on 6th Avenue in the 50s in the heart of Midtown. You have to be hyper aware if you're on a bicycle in situations like this because the pedestrians, the drivers, they're just not looking out for you. So here I am, Columbus Circle, the Time Warner Center, the home of the CNN Bureau. Made it here in one piece. I sense an exciting new podcast coming. You know it, yes. Well, you know what the biggest problem is here, and I didn't, I didn't fit it into that little uh, that, that vignette, uh, is that uh, here in Manhattan, uh, I don't know how it is in Portland, but most office buildings don't let people bring bicycles into the building. I have no idea why. I don't know what the problem is. Do you guys have those um, <clears throat> those bike lockers that we got here in Portland, where it's like it, it is literally like a, it's like a metal closet, like a freestanding metal closet on the street where you can lock up your bike inside. I wish we had that. All oh, no, we have are these uh, these sort of U-shaped uh, bars uh, in the sidewalk in some areas where you can chain up your bike. 
but there aren't enough for all the people who want a bike. And in some uh, on private property, a lot of building management uh, uh, building managers they don't want that on their property for some reason. I don't know what the deal is here uh, in New York with this uh, feeling that uh, there's like an anti-bike. Please sentiment amongst managers of, of of big office buildings. Please don't take this. Uh, please don't take this the wrong way. I don't mean for this to sound condescending, but this is such a cute conversation because <laughs> is uh, because because you, you're all you're all in the big city of Manhattan and whatnot, and uh, you know, and, and we're out out here in country Mouseville of Portland, Oregon. But this is one thing that Portland, Oregon has down to a T. This is one thing that we do better than almost any city in the world, uh, which is to have uh, we have great public transportation, and in terms of bike friendliness. See here, I was just actually joking to Sarah earlier because I haven't ridden my bike in. What what we might charitably call quite some time. I've just become a big spongy fat ass. Basically. I was like a ten mile bike ride yesterday. It was awesome. Sarah rides her bike constantly. My wife uh, bikes about fifteen miles. Uh, you know, not not each way, but a total about fifteen miles to work and back each day. And meanwhile, I just sit on my snack whale's ass and get larger. But this conversation actually makes me want to start biking again. Like maybe when I get off work, go home and bike because. And I, I really, I'm just, I'm just saying it because it's true. Because Portland has their act together in terms of it. You got to come out here and try that. As a matter of fact, if you uh, look at tomorrow's uh, yesterday's travel section of the New York Times, it has an article about Portland including the bicycling here. That's right. Who's in the big city now, Mr. Man? It says everyone here looks great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's I have to be honest. It's one of the uh, one of the things that my wife and I talk about when we talk about other cities that we could potentially live in. Portland is one of them because you guys are so forward thinking when it comes to urban planning and and that sort of thing. It's that's functional right. but chic, according yeah. to the New York Times. Exactly. All right. No, Portland. You guys, you guys are definitely a model for the rest of the country to to follow. You know what else, you guys? I just recently learned uh, have you have some of the cleanest drinking water in in any major city in the u.s and that's unless you're in my neighborhood where they found a bum decomposing in the reservoir but that's okay we won't talk about that steve enjoy the rest of your day my friend thank you there you go cnn radio correspondent steve kastenbaum ladies and gentlemen it is the rick emerson show you are just four minutes away from stained on rock 101 kufo it is the rick emerson show which means that sarah x dylan tim riley and myself will be back in 13 minutes stay there it's rock 101 kufo the Rick Emerson Show. Available anytime, anywhere. Visit KUFO.com right now. In the news with Tim Riley. So the DMV has slammed the brakes on the Southern Oregon family request to put their family name on a license plate. This is the Udink family. <laughs> Sorry. They have denied the application for Udink 4 to uh, the Udink family of Southern Oregon. Uh, the bill was killed because it didn't meet the deadline for measures still in the chamber. Apparently, it went before the license plate court or whatever. Members of the panel denied the application. They said that Dink it has several derogatory meetings, including a racial slur, especially offenses to the Vietnamese. I didn't even know that Is one. this a Vietnamese family? No, it isn't. I mean, not that it really matters no, no, because they're, it, they're it's, from, it, uh, it's their actual name, right? That is their name, yes. You know whose fault this is, Tim? This is the man again. This is the man encroaching on everybody's freedom. I am sick of the man. That's right. Damn and the man. Doesn't And Dink is the, um, that is also double income, no kids, is it not? Yes. That is a thing that was popularized in the uh, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. What did the yuppie stand for? Young Urban Professional, that's what that was. So the, I, I don't know what they're called now. There was Young Urban Professional, there was Dink, which was double income, no kids, and so that was basically yuppies with, with, with you know, who, who were child free. What does WASP stand for? White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. But isn't white and Anglo-Saxon the same thing? That's what always hey, that's threw a, me out. Wait, that's a good point. Yeah. Because that's what I always thought, because I always thought it was white and Anglo-Saxon Protestant. That's like, like that. That's we're, like we're, double white. Weren't we talking the other day about there's some some pizza company, and I'm sure it's a fine product, but there's some pizza company that's like, come get a large taco grande. 
which just means a large taco large. I mean, that just, I mean, maybe it's like hella large or something, but I, but I mean. Well, it's like asking for Mexican pizza. That's not served in Mexico. Wouldn't that be an extra large if it's a large large? <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, at what point do you stop? I mean, and what is a large large? That doesn't make any sense at all. No, that's just, it's just, it's, that's <laughs> large just. Large taco large. It's just indistinct. It's unclear writing is with it. A large, yes, I'd like a large taco large, please. Can I have that? Thanks so much. No, 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 not the small large taco large. And not the medium or the inter, you know, the interstitial size large taco large. I want the large taco large. Large, large, large. If you were stoned right now, I'm not saying you are. I don't think anybody would be. No, of course not, Tim, because your body is Jesus' temple. Uh, you never know what he's going to be about to use it, so you've got to keep it clean. This is, uh, this is the funniest thing you've ever heard. All right. Um, so anyway. Make me laugh. Back to, <laughs> come on, funny man, say something amusing. So, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Here's a, what does Anglo-Saxon mean now that I think about I it? I Anglo-Saxon just meant white. Well, no, somebody uh, of a British origin, I would imagine. That would be an Anglo-Saxon person, would it not be? I mean, I understand, colloquially speaking, Anglo-Saxon means white. In other words, like if you were to go, well, he's, you know, that's a, they're an Anglo-Saxon people. I understand that sort of conversationally it means white. But actually, what is it? what does it really mean? Like, what is, where, like, Anglo, what is, and Saxon, who are the Saxon? Saxon, that band that sang Rock Power Tonight? We'd have to go into a favorite history discussion about this. Power Tonight! Listen to that guy. He's real more Saxon than Anglo. He's there ought to be a band. Wait a minute. Hold on. There, there ought to be there ought to be some sort of. No, I was trying to do a morning show where it was going to be. We're Saxon Anglo, but that doesn't. That's not really no. funny. That's like Sarah was talking about some MTV correspondent during the news. Some guy named Gideon Yego. Gideon Yego. I had the hugest crush on him. I always thought that we'd meet someday in the streets of New York and he'd be my boyfriend. I thought when you were just saying, I don't know who, who is Gideon Yego? Gideon Yego is an MTV correspondent like about, I don't know, like five or six years ago, maybe. See, now everything sounds like, like... He was bespectacled and he did all the hard-hitting reports about like Iraq news and he would travel, um, you know, and talk to starving children talk to indigenous peoples of yes, wherever i i thought that see everything sounds like a morning show and you're like gideon yego i'm like it's gideon yego in the morning coming no, up conway twitty no gideon yego is like a you know a death camp for cutie name like he's just he looks like some like little emo boy oh but he wore glasses oh yeah i know who that is yeah and he has like dark brown hair and he was serious and he, and he looks like he was he had kind of that peter from nickel arcade thing going on yes yeah i totally know who you're talking about now. yes i had such a huge crush on him just uh, i was just looking through i stories. never knew his name i just knew he was that geek with the glasses on mtv news well now you know all right knowing is half the battle sarah mm -hmm. all right uh so blah 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 anglo-saxon here's tim riley the oldest human hairs have been found in hyena dung now, researchers have been searching in South Africa, and they came across an ancient brown hyena latrine. This is where brown hyenas would uh, relieve themselves way back when, say, some 200,000 years ago. And they found some of their dung. Hairs have been uh, apparently preserved in it because it's been down there for so long. So, some of this hair is 9,000 years old. You can thank the hyena really? dung for preserving it. So, wait a minute. So, this is not the oldest human remains, but this is the oldest, the oldest human, human hair. hair. Well, that's kind of creepy because doesn't that indicate that they would that it came out of the head of back end of a hyena that had consumed a human at some point? Yes. Like, why else would it be in the in the uh, in the hyena dung? That is true. All right. Well, there you go. So it was. So, so there's a little competition for those people in Michigan who are selling their ponytails. They wear <laughs> hyena dung is now being offered online. You know, that's just that's just it's odd when you you would you'll see those things sometimes on the Discovery Channel where they'll say like you know we found the remains of you know some human and like wherever. And they show, and it's and it's always just some poor sap who just had like a terrible day, and it's because they'll find the remains, and it's a skull with like a huge spear through it or something, mm -hmm. and they'll be like, and it's always David Attenborough. Do you guys watch David Attenborough? 
every so often. Oh, Sarah, David Attenborough. Oh, come on. David Attenborough is great. He does uh, a lot of nature specials. But when I say nature special, that totally undersells it. Um, David Attenborough, he does these. Uh, he did a series called uh, "The Amazing World of" or "The World of," and they're very. Did you see Planet Earth? The series Planet Earth. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's it's a lot like Planet Earth in that it's very in depth and just unbelievable. Because after a while, nature shows. It's like how many times can you see a freaking penguin shuffling an egg across? Fine. It's cold. I'm sick of watching. Seriously, it. I don't care. I don't care about penguins. I've quit caring. And you know what? I don't. I don't care about the cheetah. It's the fastest animal. No one cares. But David Attenborough, a special box set away from everyone. He was the first guy to show, which I think we played on the air at one point. David Attenborough, he had a special where they were the ones to show that bird that mimics the sound of a car alarm, that it mimics the sound of anything that it hears. And so they were like, they fired up like a gas powered chainsaw. And then they wait about five minutes, and the bird just sits there in the clearing, and the bird goes, and and I was like watching the TV, freaking out. So David Attenborough. He's one of those guys who has, he's British, so he has like the kind of jovial, like weird, demonic gleam in his eye whenever he says anything. And so they'll show, you know, like a human skeleton, but it's in like, it's like 70 pieces and it's scattered all over a plane and they go, and this fellow seemed to have had quite an unfortunate day, but his bad luck is our scientific discovery. And then they'll show like the skull shattered into like a billion pieces with a, with a rock in the center of it and they go, clearly a poor way to end one's morning. So that's what I'm thinking of with the hyena dung. Meanwhile, do, uh, one more here, and then we'll uh, do more news on the other side. Workers are feverishly trying to pack up or stuff away as the fire in Santa Barbara sped, spreads closer to her $50 million home. Now, there's too much of Oprah's stuff to be packed away by even a packed lot of away workers. Her unmentionables and bloomers and whatnot, trying to get it out of there before flames attack the $50 million match, which Oprah's never, hardly ever lived in. If you I was going to say she lives in Chicago, yeah. right? Well, it's you, an extra house. Well, it's like a charm bracelet thing. You know, you just uh, gather houses and carry them around with you. If you lived in Santa Barbara at this point, here's here's why I have the, no sympathy. If you're infinitely wealthy, which you must be to have a house in Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just build the house that is something that doesn't burn at this point? I mean, they have materials that don't burn. Build your freaking house out of that and quit your bitching. All right, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Monday morning. Thank you for coming by. Within this hour, ladies and gentlemen, we'll give away a copy of The Dana Carvey Show on DVD. Which really, and I continue to be impressed that Tim uh, watched that show and then that you referenced Get a Life with Chris Elliott. That was one of my favorite shows. Man. I remember Get a Life was on Fox, and I do believe, I could be wrong about this, but I think Get a Life with Chris Elliott was on around the same time that this terrible sitcom called The Charlie Hoover Show was on. And The Charlie Hoover Show starred um, Sam Kinison, and I forget uh, forget the guy's name, but he was the guy, he was the dad on Charles in Charge, and he also was, he was, what's his name, an animal house. He was, um... He was the kind of goody two-shoes guy. Mr. Hoover. Mr. Hoover, that's it. Uh, President of Delta House. Two C's, two D's, and an F. A fine example you said. God damn, I scare myself. Why do I know that? I don't know. Stop Uh, knowing things like that. You know, I don't even know who my elected representatives are. Jesus. All right, well, in any event, Charlie Hoover was this terrible, terrible, terrible sitcom with that guy. uh, And then uh, Sam Kinison. And I think it was back-to-back with Get a Life. And the Sam Kinison show was awful. Let's have no illusions about that. Get a Life with Chris Elliott, genius. And so, of course, canceled. Because that's what Fox and everybody apparently does. So, uh, also in that mode, the Dana Carvey show. 
So we're going to be giving away a copy of the Dana Carvey Show on DVD featuring the comedic talents of Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert before they were household names. It's available on Amazon, brought to you by your friends at Shout Factory. Uh, so don't call about that uh, now, but uh, later on. And then uh, we will also be giving away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic uh, featuring Joel Hodgson and some of the other folks. Which is from... just the most amazing. It's it's not just like watching a movie. It's like watching a, a play or something. Well, and, and it's, a, it's a full on production. It was amazingly. And hilarious. the fact that it's two different movies. That's the thing is because they're doing uh, every it time nice. they do a different movie. Yeah. So that is uh, that is quite something. You find out more about that at Cinematic Titanic dot uh, com. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Monday morning. Nobody really knows what to do with Portland's mobile. Coliseum. Ryan Seacrest won't comment on his new girlfriend. Star Trek theme, $72 million into its studio coffers over the weekend. With whose girlfriend? His girlfriend. Who? Ryan Seacrest has a girlfriend? Ryan Seacrest. Get out. She, no, I'm not getting out. Really? Does she... Uh, <laughs> Come on, what, what, what joke are you going to go does with? Does she... No, see, I wasn't going to say anything there. <laughs> I was... What do you mean he won't... Uh, please don't read that headline again. Ryan Seacrest won't comment on his new girlfriend. But, I mean, does that mean that there is a new girlfriend? Do we have photographic evidence? Or apparently somebody so- just... Apparently somebody did, one of those talk show ladies, and asked him. But, I mean, did they say, like, hey, what's this picture of you making out with this with this girl? It didn't say making out. But, I mean... Th- they, they were seen together. Okay, so they were seen. It wasn't a whole lot of, like, when are you going to settle down? And he said, I've got a special someone in Canada. And then they kind of pressed him on it, and there was just no further comment. Correct. Something like that. All right. Okay. Just uh, just checking. Uh, we'll also be joined here in a short while by Christy Turnquist, pop culture writer from the Oregonian. Hello, Christy Turnquist. Hello, Rick Emerson. What will you be discussing with us today? There will be geeking about the Star Wars movie. You mean uh, Star Trek? Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> wow. I've, I've heard that, I've so many people say that this morning. Oh, way to preserve that credibility right out of the gate. Oh, they're Don't feel smart. bad. I do it all the time. People forget quickly. <laughs> and can anybody hear me blushing on the radio? Uh, no. Oh, <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? I Because I'm a nitwit, I made the obligatory pun on my uh, blog. I said, Christy uh, Turnquist will be pining away for Captain Kirk on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show Monday morning. You be sure to listen for that. <laughs> That's it's, uh, what I do, apparently. It's 503-228-4101. So that is all coming up later on. Senior radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us in the Hill. Oh, and I haven't, and I, and I never did, I haven't talked about the SkyMall thing. I have not clarified uh, the SkyMall purchase. So we'll get to that. It's 503-228-4101. You're just three and a half minutes away from Nirvana. It is the Rick Emerson Show, which of course means you're only 13 minutes away from more of Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. You're eight minutes away from Tim Riley. Hey, hey, here's Nirvana. It's Rape Me. It's Rock 101 KUFO, Monday morning. Rape Me. The Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. What? Man, Sarah and her Dylans. On Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Note to self, check rotation on return beds. 503-228-4101. It is uh, Monday morning. Sometime this hour, we're going to be giving away a copy of the Dana Carvey Show on DVD, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, next hour, a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. Uh, we're here with uh, Christy Turnquist, who in just a moment will talk about uh, all things Star Trekian. Star which Trek. Was- 
because it was uh, it was number one. I mean, it didn't out. It didn't beat. Uh, well, we might as well just dive kind of into this. So it didn't beat Wolverine, but it was still. I mean, it was a haul though. It was massive. It was good. Yeah, it made seventy six point five million. And yes, Wolverine did open last week with eighty five, but it took a sixty eight percent to drop off in business this week. So would I, I think? And I would imagine that Star Trek will not do that. It'll probably have pretty great word of mouth. Yes. Uh, and I'm trying to think of the last film. I mean, of this genre, of the action genre, that had such great positive response to it. Well, I think Iron Man, which opened about last year at this time. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember that I did not see Iron Man the opening weekend. I waited. I waited until week number two because I just I had such reservations about it because it's like those. It's like we were talking about X Men, and the reason that I just did not I didn't see uh, uh, Wolverine because I after the second X Men film I just sort of pulled the ripcord. I was like, f this. I you know, yeah, life and, is, yeah. Life the third is one was directed by Brett Ratner. I mean, which is not like the mark of quality or anything. <laughs> um, the but I I remember sitting about I don't know it was about halfway through X Men two and just sort of. And it's that thing where you kind of get the third-person perspective view of yourself, like you're a sim or something, <laughs> and you sort of see over on the uh, right-hand side, like the column that says "lifetime remaining," and it's sort of slowly <laughs> tricking, trickling away. And I kind of going, "Jesus God Almighty, why am I sitting in this theater with these mouth-breathing idiots? <laughs> these people are all buffoons. Why am I here? I could be at home learning and reading and sleeping, anything." So I, I just, I, I vowed never to see anything else. It started with X Men, uh, which is why I skipped Wolverine. Yeah. So I avoided Iron Man until I heard the word of mouth, which was just astonishing. Yeah. And it was actually very, very good. Yeah. And Star Trek, which we were all lucky enough to see in advance, yeah. uh, which was which was just just mind-blowingly awesome. I'm going to see it again this week. You know oh, why? Yeah, me too. It's oh. getting great word of mouth. It got great reviews. I think it's the best reviewed movie of the year so far. And, and, and that's plus, pretty amazing. There was a juicy that article that came out today. It was five things you may have. This is sons of bitches. This is the kind of crap that they do because they know that it'll get me back into the theater. I mean, I was going to oh, see it again Abrams anyway. Always does that because he's such a such he's such a son of a bitch about it. Where he's just, like with All references and things. Yeah, or... well, because where you have to go back, where the whole thing becomes like one of those magic eye paintings or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like one of those. The J.J. Abrams and all of his TV shows and his films, they're all like that uh, that highlights for kids thing where it's like, can you spot the 75 things that are hidden in this picture of a bedroom? Yeah. And then you just sit there in the dentist's waiting room, uh, you know, even after they've managed to rip out all your molars and your dental work is done and you've been packed full of Epsom salt and they're sending you on the way home. But you're sitting there because you haven't been able to find, like, the rocking horse or something that they've stuck back in the picture. So with Cloverfield... Which I saw three times. Whoa! And it's just because <laughs> of that. Too. <laughs> it's because of that one <laughs> shot the at the end. Damn satellite splash! Seriously, like at the very final shot at the end, where supposedly you can see the creature like falling into the water or something from no, sky. No, it's the satellite that falls from the sky, and then it uh, wakes up the creature that's been sleeping at the bottom of the. <laughs> <Or, laughs> So I, I don't that, know what you're talking about. So, here's a, so in Star Trek, uh, here I'll just give you this one little thing. I will, we'll read the whole list later on, but apparently there are tribbles somewhere in <gasps> Star Trek. You know, the that film. bastard, I really? That there Even were Tim uh, looked up from his news desk right yeah. there. Tim, who is deep in concentrated uh, focus <laughs> right now. We were speaking about after we watched the movie how we wanted to see tribbles. In yeah. No, well, yeah, I read an article beforehand that said, you know, he had you know stuck tribbles in there. And I got so caught up in the movie when I was watching it that I... I, I even, you know, think to look for the tribbles. I even know where they are. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Don't you wish you were me? Uh-huh. This is like yeah. Easter eggs and DVDs. I can never, I never figure out how to sort of access that whole Easter egg DVD feature. I just go online. I just go online and I demand screenshots of them right away. It's I don't easier to, to find a DVD than an Easter egg. If hidden. Wow, that was like a weird <laughs> zen, like... You are the mountain, and then the mountain is the spoon, and the spoon is within you. I have some Star Trek sound bites. Anybody want to hear one? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, Zoe Saldana, who describes her character Uhura. There she is. 
Sounded like you were doing a little marine chant. Please describe. There's something really exciting about a girl that can hold her own um, with the boys, and she can hang out with the boys, but still be very commanding and look very feminine. And um, and uh, Uhura definitely has that quality to her. You know, what I was kind of being weirded out by is how much she looks like Jada Pinkett Smith. She really does. It was freaking me out yeah. to the point that I kept like going, but is it? Nah, nah she's too way too young. I mean, she looks astonishingly. It's almost yeah. like they, so like sometimes you'll be watching a movie and you'll see the whole like, this is the guy they cast when they can't get like whoever. Yeah. Like they do that with, um, I think models, they'll do that a lot. Like you'll see, like if you read the, you know, whatever magazine in the back, there'll be like a, a guy with, you know, modeling some sort of expensive timepiece. And it clearly is somebody they've gotten because they wanted Johnny Depp, but were unable to get him. And so they like go to the agency, like get me a guy that looks like Johnny Depp. She is uh, the girl you get when you can't get Jada Pinkett Smith. I want Johnny Depp. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Who doesn't? Sorry, I just got a little I'll, distracted I'll there. Put it on the list. <laughs> I'll put it in your writer for the next time you're here. I'm in the green room, Tim. Do you want to hear the uh, fellow who plays the young Spock? Yes, yes. I do. Oh, he's dreamy. I also did a lot of uh, hand exercises uh, to make sure that my fingers could do the uh, the Vulcan salute. And that's no lie, actually. I would rubber band my pinky and my ring finger together and drive around L.A. like this because I couldn't do it at first. Um <laughs> But yeah, physically, you know, for me, this character is a lot about containment and stillness. And so um, it was also a matter of cultivating that relationship uh, to the character. All he had to do was learn the lines. And here's that. <laughs> Tim says in one fell swoop, belittling and destroying the artistic process. <laughs> Just stand over there. Take my fingers together. <laughs> Seriously, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just pathetic. <laughs> Say what you're told and go to your trailer and shut up. <laughs> Jesus. Did he when really did you... just have a soundbite about driving around LA with his fingers <laughs> rubber banded yeah. together? When did, Tim... Why? when did Tim become Harvey Weinstein? <laughs> Actors are pointless. Jesus. Don't you're... fall over the furniture. Learn your lines. <laughs> Read the lines. Don't memorize them. Turning into George Lucas. <laughs> We're just going to fix it in CJ. Just get off the set. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, you know, Dean Martin had the greatest line. Dean Martin, who as all, you know, as with all things, he had the greatest summation of acting because he did, you know, he did Some Came Running and then he did obviously Ocean's Eleven and Sergeant's Three and whatever. Robin and the Seven Hoods, I think he also is in. Yeah. Um, but somebody asked him about acting one time and, and he, I think for effect, a lot of the times he would always just sort of play off how hard, you know, how, how, how easy everything was for him and, and he would say, you know, Sonny Boy, let me tell you something. Acting isn't hard work. Anybody who says acting is hard work hasn't had to deal blackjack for eight hours. Am I right? You know, and then it was just like, you know, the sort of thing that only he and Tim Riley apparently could say. I do like the idea that he had to tape his hand together, though, because when you think about Nemo, it's like, what if he wasn't able to do that physically? Yeah. He would have been screwed. They would have had to come up with something else. Well, like he was a hand double. Is that true? Sure. Why not? I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess you're right. It's like that guy that plays, uh, what's his name? The guy that plays Thing or It or whatever, the hand. It was like, I, I was watching Petty Duke show reruns over the weekend because I have an exciting life. And wow. when she's talking, they used the double. So any, when they're showing her back, the back of the twin walking away, it could have been her father with just that wig on and the dress. I hadn't really ever considered that. All right. That sounds, that's reminding me of Psycho for some reason. <laughs> not in a good way. Where it's, Petty Duke? Well, she's a psycho. Where it's, Anthony Perkins walking around in a wig, speaking to himself. Yeah. Hey, can we all do the Vulcan hand gesture, though? Everyone? Yes, yeah. Yes. Tim? You, you yeah. Do we really all have to do it? I yeah. see where the jealousy comes from. Tim can't do can't it. Do it. Tim, let's see. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do it. So Tim is basically just splaying it out as though he's saying, I've got five apples over well, here for you. It's because I'm double-jointed and can't bend my fingers that way.
Is it because you're Hungarian? <laughs> no, I'm just double jointed. <laughs> Ooh. That was a little uh, Ed Wood reference for you there. Can you do it with the other hand? Well, no, because he would be double jointed. I don't know. Maybe one Wait a of minute. Is... Hold on. This is another thing. Okay, Christy, <laughs> okay, you went. This is much too visual. I have to stop this. <laughs> right, Christy, you went to college. Yes. You you had to. I mean, granted, Sarah did too, but it doesn't seem to have helped us any. So the uh, you where did if I may ask, Christy Turnquist, pop culture writer for the Oregonian, where did you get your learn on? Where did you go? The to University of Oregon. All right. So you went to the University of Oregon, and uh, may I ask what you studied? I mean, journalism, obviously. Journalism. But... Yeah. And oh, I took some history. Um... All right. So maybe you can answer this. Okay, Anglo-Saxon. Now, I know, colloquially speaking, uh, that means uh, that you are a, a white person, right? Well, now, in the, in, the, in the old British Isles, maybe this was like when they were still part of the Roman Empire. I mean, there were the Normans and the Saxons. Correct. You know, like the uh-huh. old Shakespeare plays. And the Robin Hood story. Yeah, and like the Normans were sort of what eventually, I think, became France, mm-hmm. and the Saxons were what became England. But what does Anglo mean? That. English? Like See, an, an Anglophile? Or Sarah who was likes pointing England? out the phrase white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. It <laughs> does seem a and, tad redundant. Yeah, that's that which I had never thought of before. And Although, so, you, I mean, you could be English and not be white. Well, I know. I, I mean, obviously, it's, obviously. Look, it's a, uh, it is a tapestry with many threads, Christy, and we're a big tent here. Don't, let me, don't make any uh, mistake about that. We're an inclusive show. But linguistically, it is sort of puzzling. What do you mean the Robin Hood story? The Robin Hood was a... He was a Saxon? It, it, he was a Saxon against yeah. the Normans. Right. Right. Yeah, I saw that movie. Robin yeah. Hood, like <laughs> the, the talking fox with the hat. I mean, not like no, that Errol, actual, like Errol not Flair, Flair, that actual Flair, thing. Flair, no, Flair. I understand, and but Russell I mean, Crow is but we're talking about Hood. the same Robin Hood that yes. we take from the rich and give to the poor. Yes, yes. that one. All right. I realize I'm so far out of my depth here. I have no idea what we're talking about. None. Zero, 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 zero. You don't know that. <laughs> At least you know the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek. Well, I'm still a- sitting here basting in my humiliation so, over that. So, so you do know a lot more than, <laughs> than you allude me. to. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So, you know, next time I'll have you answer this, uh, this other question that's been sort of nagging at me. What is uh, coming up in the Oregonian, uh, Christy Turnquist? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Tim. Or, Tim. <laughs> Wow. I said you psyched yourself today. out. No, Don't psych yourself out. That's okay because a lot of people, I can blame for a lot of things that you do. <laughs> Everyone does, Tim. I'm glad you asked whoever you are. <laughs> I've got a story coming up about Rose City Vaudeville. And See? this is the... Uh... This is a, a troop of uh, do-it-yourself bootstrappy Portlanders who get out there and do tricks with flaming hula hoops and walk on stilts and play songs on half-filled water glasses. Excellent. And so yes, that'll be coming up at some excellent. indistinct point in the future. I believe it's coming up this Sunday. Uh, this Sunday in the Oregon. Do they do tightrope uh, tight walking, too? They didn't in the performance I saw, but I think they do do aerial, as okay. they put it. Did yeah, they was swallow little... flaming arrows? I didn't, no, I don't think that's part of their repertoire. Yeah. You know, uh, we know somebody who can actually do that, though. We know somebody who is a Swallows. fire swallower. Uh, Mark Aceto actually learned oh, okay. how to, how to swallow a flaming, like a, like a sword thing or whatever it is. You know, that, like the fire eating thing that the, the strong man does. So. Wow. Yeah, I was at Laurel Herbst Park yesterday and saw somebody walking a tightrope. Really? And then saw someone, like, throwing batons to it. Is so that I was that wondering w- if maybe they were practicing. That, well, they was do. That actually, they do practice in the park, so maybe that was them. Okay. Have you seen that weird, like, strange, like, $5 circus thing that happens? I think it's, like, somewhere in Southeast, where it's just like an guy's front yard where he strings a rope across his front yard and like walks across the rope back and forth all day and juggles 
No. It's no. By, I think he was in the park yesterday. It's, it's, it's like on 37th and Madison or something, like kind of uh, like kind of by that uh, by the Ben and Jerry's there and the okay. CD game exchange. Really? Yeah. No, it's, you walk by and there's just a guy walking back and forth across the rope in his front yard, like juggling stuff. It's the weirdest thing. Hmm. So maybe it's one I of those guys who's practicing. Yeah, maybe. All right. Christy Turnquist <laughs> from the Oregonian. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. You are just four minutes away. From Green Day, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Rick Emerson Show, which means it's Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself. We'll be back in just 12 minutes. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's Monday morning, and thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. All right. I'm going to add to the... Uh, what the hell does Anglo-Saxon uh, mean, Pyle, by asking these three questions? One of these I think we asked last week. We never got an answer to it. It was because there's Meriwether Lewis, and then there's what's-his-name Clark. Or maybe Clark is the guy's first name. That was yesterday name. you were asking that. No, because yesterday was Sunday. Oh, my God. I'm Fail! <laughs> You're totally, I was here yesterday. I think that's why I get a little confused. So I don't. we never got an answer to that because... The, and the only reason I remember Meriwether Lewis is because Meriwether, you know, is sort of an interesting name. But I don't even know if it's like... It, and I think it's because we were hearing like one of those Lewis and Clark uh, spots that was playing, and I couldn't figure out if it was like Mary with a Lewis and like Clark, you know, Hinkelstein or whatever. Griswold. So I've got that. Let's see. What else do I have? I have this. I'm sorry, Tim. I always think it's Lewis and Clark, as in Lewis Niedermeyer Clark. Yeah. And I have this. Uh, I made a note to myself. 12:57 p.m. on Saturday. WTF are butterscotch and caramel. Now I'd already started wondering about the caramel thing because here's the it, thinking about caramel is like thinking about Dr Pepper. Where you sit there and you're drinking a can of Dr. Pepper and you say to yourself, what is this flavor that I am consuming? And, of course, the label's no help because the label just says with natural you know, fructose tastes or whatever, which, which means nothing. There's no clarification to be found there. So I wrote down, what is caramel? Does anybody in the room know where caramel? Like chocolate at least comes from cocoa beans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you can sort of trace the back of the roots of that. What is caramel? What does that taste like? Some gooey thing. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, what flavor is that? Oh, I don't know. See, that's what I'm saying. And but- I mean, I know when I taste it. And butterscotch is an altogether different flavor? Yes. Is butterscotch like caramel? Are no. they a similar taste? Uh, no, I don't think they're the same taste. All right, so then my next question is, what is butterscotch made of? Like, what? Like, where would you even get that flavor from? Butter Seems like most scotch. flavors you can look at. Like, you say, like, basically your toppings for an ice cream. Mm-hmm. You can look at that, and you can figure out whence it derived. You know, strawberry from strawberry, chocolate from cocoa, caramel from... Yeah. So it seems like there's got to be some sort of Wonka-like explanation for that that is just uh, not available to me at this time. And then, final question here, and then we'll uh, get to the news desk with Tim Riley. I have here, note to myself, I heard an airline talking about, and we'll fly you anywhere in the lower 48. What does that mean? What are the lower, what's the other, the lower 48? Alaska and Hawaii, right? The upper state is Alaska, so they're speaking to Alaskans. Okay, but. So everywhere but Alaska and Hawaii? No, but if they were speaking to Alaskans, they would be talking about the lower 49. Because no. there's, there's 50, well, I, but there's 50 states. No, there, there are 48 lower states. The, don't forget Hawaii, which isn't considered a lower state. It's close to the equator, though. Yes, but... but That's it's, lower. It's not considered that. Well, Hawaii why, that, Hawaii. Doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Why would it not be considered lower? It's like way closer to the horizon or to the, to the equator than we are. Mm-hmm. But it never has been. And they don't want to start now. All right. Well, that just makes that's a totally unsatisfying explanation. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. In the news with Tim Riley. 
Some things just never make sense anyway. That is right, Tim. But we move forward. So uh, insurance companies are now afraid of the Obama administration, and they promise to lower their rates and stop being so mean to people. We'll see how long that lasts. What to do about that big cube called Memorial Coliseum? It's dirty, needs a lot of work. Nobody wants to tear it down now. It's a political hot potato. I would love to tear it down. I'm going to say that right now. I'm just in favor. I don't have anything against the Coliseum or whatever it represents or whatever's behind it. I just like destroying things. I vote for blowing it up. So how would you like a $70,000 a year job to Twitter or to Facebook? Yes. Well, the Maluma County folks are offering that job. But uh, you have to have some experience at it, Twittering and Facebook, to be considered. And the job was posted on the county job site. Imagine how much experience you could possibly have Twittering at this point. I mean, what is it? This is not a thing where you want to get the person. Who uh, is responsible for this job opening, Tim? Uh, this would be uh, one of the county commissioners, I believe. Is it like So it's some uh, some stooge? Yes. Uh, it's not like Randy Leonard or somebody. Yeah, it might be. Uh, so, I mean, don't you desperately want to get him on the phone and ask him exactly what Twitter qualifications and skills want? Yeah, how do you prove that you're skilled at it? I guess you have to do it in front of somebody. They'll call you in. Is there? A, I mean, do they have the actual skills enumerated? Is there some sort of a specificity to their requests? Yeah, yes, there is. All right. Is there uh, a, I have to go to the job site here. So you want to uh, go to Multnomah County Jobs. Everybody right now, Multnomah right. County. <laughs> Real time. <laughs> County Jobs. Multnomah County Job Opportunities. Okay, job opportunities. Here we go. Our menu options have recently changed. Please click. In the meantime, uh, hello, hi. You're on the uh, Rick Emerson show, sir, madam, as the case may be. While we're waiting for the lightning fast CBS internet connection to bring us to a page where you can get seventy thousand dollars a year for twittering, how might I help you? Well, I just uh, I was sitting here in my car driving to work, and I heard those questions, and I didn't think they were very hard. Pleased to be answering. I was just going to see how long the pause would go on. Yes, this is the, okay, Meriwether Lewis and Blank Clark. William. All right. Caramel. What does it taste like? Don't say caramel. <laughs> it's, it's made by uh, cooking sugar and milk. All right. Butterscotch. It's made by cooking sugar and butter. Oh, well, I guess I could have figured that out. <laughs> and finally, the lower 48. The lower 48 is... I didn't hear that question. Okay, this is the, I heard an airline referring to offering service anywhere in the lower 48. What does that mean? That's anywhere in the continental United States, not including Alaska and Hawaii. See? Okay, but but the lower 48. So wouldn't Hawaii sort of, but wouldn't Hawaii also be? It's it's not considered part of the continental United okay, States. Okay, but so Hawaii. Okay, so Hawaii would be the lower 49th. Yeah. They just don't yeah. offer service to the lower 49th. Ah, okay. Uh, that makes. When you're saying the lower 48, you're referring to the continental. United. Okay, no, no, no. That, see, that totally makes sense. If that's the if that's how they're using it, they're using it to. Do, in other words, all the lower the lower states are numbered. Let's say Oregon being one, Washington being two, blah 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 blah, all the way to Hawaii being 49. They only offer up to lower state number 44. Lower state number 49, not serviced. Sure. Ah, excellent. All right, thank you, John. I appreciate that. You bet. All right, thank you, sir. So here's his job. Do you tweet or use Facebook in your experience of building social communities? Why, yes. Can you crank out news releases, editorials, and web comments on a tight deadline? Absolutely. Have you been a one-person video crew? Are you a stickler for grammar and punctuation? Do you know your way around web tools, web development, and search engine organization? I certainly does. Multnomah County is seeking a motivated, experienced communicator with a passion for writing, blogging, social media, and the fast-paced environment. Tim, it's like they wrote this ad after meeting me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The successful candidate will have PR and media experience, the ability to jump between creative uh, hey. and analytical skills, solid verbal and written communications, and a marketing perspective. Hey, have I mentioned how I can go from hard news to discussing the lower 48 and Meriwether Lewis? So you will work... In the office of Chair Ted Wheeler, who came up with this job, and closely collaborate with the Public Affairs Office to provide countywide media relations services and leadership on social media. Ted Wheeler, I demand that this job be offered to me. I, Rick Emerson, am insisting that this job be extended to me. Experience five years of increasingly responsible public affairs and public information experience, including some experience dealing with the legislative body. Training, equivalent to a bachelor's degree or an accredited college or university with major coursework in journalism, English communications, or a closely related field. There's no in which I am not perfectly qualified for this completely 60, pointless. 60000 to $70,000 annually, full-time. Does that come with benefits? Yes, it does. That's great. That's wonderful. All right. Apply today online. Okay. Where would I find the time to apply? Well, I'm sure I'll carve out a niche at some point. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. You are just four minutes away from corn, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself will be back in 13 minutes right here on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday morning. Good morning to ye, sir, madam, as the case may be. Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. At some point before 9 o'clock this morning, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to Cinematic Titanic, uh, which is the live in-person extravaganza from the original hosts and crew of Mystery Science Theater 3000. They're going to be here May 29th and 30th at the Newmark Theater. Different movie each night. Tickets on sale now, but we're going to be... Uh, Giving away a pair sometime in this hour. Coming up at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. And then at 3, Corden Fatboy, 3 to 7 right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Within 20 minutes, we'll talk to Lisa Desjardins uh, from the Hill as well. And then I realized, because I'm an ass, um, so I was talking about this the Sky Mall thing that I bought. Yes, I still don't know what you're talking about. I thought I'd put it in the trunk of my car, not on like a dead body perhaps, uh, and then I was going to bring it in and show it to everybody. And I realized that I set it out in the kitchen this morning and I failed uh, to bring it in. But you know what? I'm going to go online and I'm going to find the link to the item. I'll send it to y'all, and then I'll put it up on my website as well so you can see this, because uh, it really is... I mean, it is simultaneously the greatest and most pointless thing I've ever purchased, but we've now reached a juncture where it just doesn't fit anything else in the house, so i got to oh, find a way to get rid of it. My favorite SkyMall purchase is my hot diggity dogger. Now, see, but you use that, right? Oh, I use it, yes, and that was a gift from Seamus. Yeah, I love it. See, but this, it's, it's from SkyMall. I've always wanted one. Yeah, see, and, and this SkyMall purchase... See, I'm the only one who ever used this thing anyway. I bought it, and then Lara ignored it, so... And it doesn't really work, and see, I kind of secretly, or not so secretly, suspect she, she revamped the whole kitchen like just as a way to get rid of this thing. But uh, At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. So this is Bike to Work Week, is it? Well, the city wants to encourage you to do so. And they're offering incentive, three free breakfast between 7.30 and 9 o'clock tomorrow at Pioneer Courthouse Square. Being paid for by the Portland Transportation Bureau. There'll be bagels, donuts, coffee, and tea. So uh, be there tomorrow. It's uh, National Bike to Month May. So bike to work if you can. From St. Helens over the weekend, who wins if a guy with a samurai sword goes after a guy with a gun, like Indiana Jones? There's a confrontation between what used to be two friends. Somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. The guy with a gun won, and uh, it says here, 43-year-old Todd Merchant. Bought the handgun, and then he went after Edward Briley, 
who threatened his friend with a samurai sword happened at the intersection of North 2nd and Lamont Street in St. Helens. See, I love the idea that it wasn't even at like like in a backyard or something or like in the rec room. I mean, it was actually at an intersection. It's like a duel. To- but see, doesn't it, doesn't it sound very much like it's a, like you can sort of hear the Ennio Morricone music playing in the background or something? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's sort of a spaghetti western but with uh, fewer teeth. So Obama has this... Uh, Big press dinner over the weekend, and uh, there were side-splitting hilarity and funny jokes. This one is about uh, gay marriage. David Axelrod is here. You know, David and I have been been together for a long time. I, I can still remember. It, 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 I get a sort of, I, I tear up a little bit when I when I think back to that day that I called Ax uh, so many years ago and said, "You and I can do wonderful things together." And he said to me the same thing that partners all across America are saying to one another right now. Let's go to Iowa and make it official. <laughs> Edgy humor from the commander-in-chief. I hurt him. Dick Cheney doesn't think Colin Powell's a Republican anymore. Well, if I had to choose uh, in, in terms of being a Republican, I'd go with Rush Limbaugh, I think. I God, he's evil. Um, my take on it was Colin had already left the party. I Boy, it just, uh, it has nothing to do with, I mean, it does have to do with ideology, but I mean, leaving all of that aside, it's just like that. It's, his voice is like a, his voice is like a bitterly cold serrated knife. Yeah. Whatever he, you know, Dick Cheney's voice to me sounds like a, like a, one of those, uh, sort of saber toothed, uh, bread knives, but if it had been like left in a freezer for three or four hours and then somebody was sort of gently, uh, you know, scraping it along the inside of your left forearm. Good God almighty, he terrifies me. Uh, Ryan Seacrest won't comment on his new girlfriend. I'm always joking that everybody's on the show. I keep saying I'm going to set you up, and I keep trying to set every girl up with you. And it turns out I see pictures of you in a magazine in Paris with with a girlfriend. And like, well, we don't label. We don't label. Well, it's it's how long have you been with her? Don't we, Ryan? She's she's there. You're like, why? Hey, do I, every celebrity looks cool in photos, and I look like a, oh god, goofball. Look at that. Everything. That's odd. It's almost like he's well, defocusing. Well, who is she, Ryan? How come uh, I don't know her? She because here's the real. Do you want the? She real doesn't go to school I here. Because yeah. when I meet someone mm-hmm. and bring someone. a girl to meet you, I'm always afraid that you're going to be too honest with me about what you think. Okay, yeah, sounds like enough time. Sounds like somebody's somebody's afraid of being too honest about a lot of things. All right, it is five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Stu, one more with Tim Riley here, and then we'll get uh, we'll get cut up. South Florida Customs Agent made a rather unusual discovery That's when they a... found snakes in a wine bottle and cocaine in a diaper. South where, Tim? South Florida. Not even out of the gate on that one. Why do you even know? That's I just know, sad. I know. A quarter pound of cocaine was in a baby's diaper mixed with T-shirts, candy bars, and other cure packages. Was it on a baby? No, it wasn't on a baby. There are also cobras as well as other venomous snakes inside liquor-filled wine bottles. I don't understand. The baby, where was the baby in relation to, let's say... There's no mention of the baby. So just baby diapers. Just oh, baby diapers. Oh, I see. So it wasn't like hidden in the diaper that was then wrapped around the no, baby. No, no, no. Cocaine and cobras and well, I mean, candy just, bars. It is, it is Florida, Tim. I mean, it, it, one, one is it's never not really... It's mom. No, no, it's not. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Just ahead, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Uh, later on, more news from Tim Riley. And, of course, sometime uh, before the top of the hour, we'll be giving away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, coming up. It is 503-228-4101. It is Monday. You're just four minutes away from Lincoln Park. It is the Rick Emerson Show, which means that Sarah X. Dillon, Tim Riley, and myself will be back in 13 minutes. It's Rock 101 KUFO. 
more of The Rick Emerson Show continues next. I mean, it looks like a russet potato with legs. On Mark 101 KUFO. Unless it's the pillow of tomorrow. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. Coming up for the top of the hour, we'll give away a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. Just uh, Joel Hodson and uh, some of the other crew from the original Mystery Science Theater 3000. They're going to be in town May 29th and 30th at the Newmark Theater, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on this Monday. We have so many things to talk about first. You know, they can afford to spend $70,000 through somebody to do the Facebook, but now they have to get rid of the graffiti cleanup program, which is one of the best things in town. <laughs> Believe me, if you live in St. John's, you are thankful for the graffiti cleanup program. By the way, I should share that uh, on Friday we were talking about I don't know, something that happened in Southeast. I don't know, somebody was, I don't know, beaten senseless with a wrench or something near my it house. It happens. And, and then Tim actually said, you know, on, on, on my street, someone threw a milkshake in the road, and I found it quite disagreeable. Well, we all came outside and wondered who did it. And you went back to it like three times during the course of the day. Did I mention that someone spilled a milkshake in the street in front of my house? I never, in all my years of suburbaning. What else are we uh, tracking today, Tim? Well, a man has to be arrested. Rams a police car, and therefore, he is arrested. And Dick Cheney doesn't think Colin Powell's a good Republican anymore. Someone get him a fresh supply of babies. He's becoming cranky. Not Tim. Uh, it's 503-2284-101. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Hill, CNN radio correspondent and stylish woman of the world, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. How are you today? Hey, good morning. Let me ask you this. Dick Cheney. Yeah. Leaving aside any sort of his his personal ideology or where he stands in the on the political spectrum, do you suppose that Dick Cheney has any idea of how unbelievably terrifying he is most of the time? I mean, do you think like it's 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 accidental or does he actively cultivate this sort of sinister vibe that he projects? Uh, I, you know, I think it's got to be a combo. I don't I don't think he's a you know a Lyndon Johnson type in that he's trying to be incredibly intimidating and you know that is the source of his power. Uh, but I think he knows how to use it. I think he certainly knows how to uh, you know uh, maybe make the light verbal threats there uh, that that people very vague that people uh, are very frightened about. Well, that's not the source of his power. The source of his power is a small wooden talisman shaped like a star that's kept in a diamond tufted leatherette box at uh, Magic Mountain. And that, right. and that. Hey, let me ask you this uh, about torture memos. So okay. there's, it says here, there's, I love phrases like this. It says, Republicans are starting to smell a weak spot. Uh, first of all, I don't really know that you can smell a weak spot, so we'll uh, leave the mixing of the metaphors uh, aside for a moment. But yeah. a lot of this seems to center on Nancy Pelosi, uh, and whether or not there's just some big rubber stamp somewhere that said, like, yes, torture away, or whatever, that she that she stuck on something. So what, where, where are we at? What is going on with this? It was actually like the whammy bar. That they have in the House Intelligence. Committee. That's actually one of the devices they use too. Uh, this little thing is called the Whammy Bar. All right, let's everybody get ready to scream. Exactly. This is the deal. We, you know, we don't exactly know what Nancy Pelosi approved or did not approve. She insists that she was never told that waterboarding was happening. She says, and this is where it gets a little, it gets kind of fuzzy. She says she was told that waterboarding was under consideration, that it was a technique that was being discussed. But she says she never knew it was being used. Now, a CIA memo that CNN and others have gotten uh, through Republicans, no surprise there, says lists some 40 briefings that she uh, and others received. And one of those briefings was specifically on uh, one of the key terrorist suspects who was waterboarded 83 times. And, and the 
listing of that uh, briefing to Nancy Pelosi says she was briefed on the enhanced techniques used on this man. And it doesn't say waterboarding specifically, but she says, no, I, ne- I never was told. This memo seems to imply she was. Uh, Porter Goss, uh, who was another House member at the time and was also briefed, says, yeah, we knew about it. This yeah. is crazy. She knew about it. You know, if you have to do something 83 times, maybe you ought to consider the possibility it doesn't work all that well. Right. And, and, you know, you have to wonder, where, at what point, maybe it was around time 35, that they said, the next one. Yeah. He, it's going to be the 36. It's sort of the uh, it's sort of the slot machine of the interrogation world. You know what I mean? You just keep pulling it, you'll hit that quarter mania progressive uh, eventually. Does Nancy Pelosi believe waterboarding to be torture? She does. She does. So this is clearly something she would not want her Cruella de Vil-like signature, uh, you know, on any sort of document. It's sort of, you know, advocating. A big spidery, yeah, handwriting, no. Does the Obama administration believe that it's torture? Yes. So then my next question, and I'm not uh, asking you to uh, to be held accountable for the decisions, public stances of politicians, but I'm just right. saying, if we're to look at this Socratically, if we are to, uh, you know, A equals B and B equals C, therefore A equals C, which I believe is the transitive property. If this is torture, and if torture is illegal, how is it that, that we're not getting all these guys who did it in a room and saying, like, okay, the jig is up. Uh, you know, you're going to go to a small cell, and you're going to stay there until we decide whether to put you in jail or not. Let's get going. Well, one of the reasons right now, the Democrats were moving in that direction, and in fact, there's a hearing, the very first hearing since all of this came out, um, is scheduled for Wednesday. And Democrats were moving in this direction, that they were going to maybe go after some of these Bush administration lawyers, some of, you know, Democrats kind of more on the left, wanted to go after Dick Cheney and maybe President Bush. But at this point, uh, the brakes are starting to be applied because maybe Nancy Pelosi is going to get caught up in this. Republicans say if they investigate Republican lawyers under the Bush administration, they are going to push for an investigation of her as well. Well, I think there's only one way to get the truth out of Nancy Pelosi, Lisa, and I think we all know what I'm talking about. I think we all know what you're talking about, yes. Lisa Desjardins. As always, a pleasure. We will have uh, speaks with you again very soon. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, great. There you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. I miss talking to her all the time. I love her. That was entertaining, informative, and efficient, Sarah. I want everyone to note that. Definition of concise. It is 503-228-4101. We have Tim Riley coming up with more news from the news desk later on today. Also, before the top of the hour, we will have a pair of tickets to see Cinematic Titanic. Ladies and gentlemen, you are just three minutes away from Danzig and Mother. It is the Rick Emerson Show, which means that Sarah Extill and Tim Riley and me, Rick Emerson, will be back in 11 and a half minutes. It's Rock 101. KUFO. I'll take what the hell is that song about for a thousand. Just now I was looking it up on Wikipedia, as I heard someone call it the other day. Uh, and there's actually there's no description uh, of the song's subject matter at all. Is it about Anglo-Saxons? Well, everything Danzig Doug is, is about uh, is about Anglo-Saxons. Too. Well, in any event, it is the Rick Emerson Show secret Artvark habanero hot sauce. And so I hold here in my hand. I got right here. This is fantastic. This is why we have the best audience ever, among other reasons. This is, uh, let's see, just a photograph that a guy sent me. It is his hand holding a bottle of secret Artvark sauce. Uh, Secret Artvark Abanero Hot Sauce. And here's the reason you care about that. Because he actually went to five different locations before he found it. And it actually says, finally, on the fifth try, I managed to locate it. Can't wait to try it. And then he has a photograph of him holding this. Now, you can find it at a lot of stores around town. And uh, I, if I, maybe, I, looking back, I think he might have emailed me on try one, two, three, and four. 
I wish I'd noticed those. I would have just let him know that you go to secretartvark.com. You can find out right there where you can buy it. Now, they got it at uh, some of the new seasons, the Whole Foods. They serve it at a lot of restaurants around town. But really, the clearinghouse for all this information about Secret Aardvark Habanero Hot Sauce is just secretartvark.com. Now, the recipe is from Portland. It's a Portland company. So your money stays here. You can feel good about that. And, you know, most importantly, it just tastes good. It tastes good. It's all natural. It's good for you. It's got a whole lot of natural ingredients like uh, tomato and onion, vinegar, habanero, of course, all blended together. It's a perfect flavor. It adds spice. It adds heat. And it adds, uh, you know, a real kick to your food without overwhelming the taste that's already there. You get some, and I guarantee you it's going to be the most frequently used spice and condiment in your house. So uh, I admire this guy taking five attempts before he finally found some. Save yourself the trouble and the shoe leather and the whatnot, and go to secretartvark.com. Secretartvark.com. Secret Artvark Habanero Hot Sauce. One sauce to rule them all. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 9 o'clock, smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. Don't forget to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Katie Darrell from TMZ.com and from Cinematical, Don Taylor. At the news desk, this is your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Gross. My woman is groped near the Beaverton Max stop. <laughs> I lost my hands in there. Apparently she was walking along a lonely pathway on the way to 7-Eleven around 1030 at night when somebody groped her. Luckily, she ran into the 7-Eleven and called police. It was too late. They didn't catch the unknown groper. Meanwhile, you know who the new bullies in the workplace are? Women. 40% of bullies, according to the Workplace Bullying Institute, are women. The Workplace Bullying Institute? That's correct. Correct. The Workplace Bullying Institute has find out, found out that women prefer their own, choosing other women as targets. We, are, we have a workplace that rewards aggression instead of ability, a system that promotes women who are willing to destroy anyone who gets in their way. First of all, this story is hot. Second of all, <laughs> I just love that the workplace where women prefer their own. Exactly. It sounds like you're doing the teaser like the trailer for some uh, exploitation film from the 60s. See, caged, lust in the workplace. Women unhinged. Women at each other's throats. Women who prefer their own machete. Sorry, go ahead. Meanwhile, Dick Cheney defends his fetish for bullying. No regrets. I think it was absolutely the right thing to do. I'm convinced, absolutely convinced, that we save thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of lives. I'm just, don't look at me. I, know, I was watching uh, I, a documentary on Goebbels last night. I was Dick Cheney <laughs> would never take a cyanide pill. I was just going to say there was a pause there because I've made many uh, observations about Dick Cheney this morning, and I always assume. And look, don't get me wrong. As Tim has noted many times, that's just the way the game is played. I figure that my name is on some sort of a list somewhere, and someday Dick Cheney will have me taken care of. I mean, that's just I'm sort of zen with it. I mean, it's okay, and I would expect nothing less. He plays the game the way it was supposed to be played. Um, You'll stand there in flames with your hands stretched out? <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right, Tim. Don't look at the light! Uh, and uh, and so forth. Anyway, um, what was my point? So, when you just said you had that the remark from Dick Cheney, and you looked at me, and I kind of thought, mm, I don't know that I'm going to say anything else. And then you just picked up the baton and ran with it, as only you can, by not actually saying anything about Dick Cheney as such, but going right to, I was watching a film about Goebbels last night. <laughs> <laughs> Which really is... 
really is quite wonderful. Not Goebbels himself. Not Nazi. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Justin Timberlake is causing a stir due to his SNL appearance. The pop singer took his third turn at hosting, uh, and he's saying this Mother's Day theme sequel to the raunchy 2007 song Blank in the Box called Mother Lover. I'm a mother lover, you're a mother Funny, it was, isn't it? It was, it was pretty great, actually. Uh, Honestly, just, no, he's I, like that's when I started to like him is when I saw Blank in a Box. He's a that funny is guy. Hilarious. He really does have. I mean, he whatever. Wears weird clothes, but that's all right. Well, the timing was funny on that. Uh, he's got a certain charisma to him. He really does. And you know, here's the thing. And this is the sort of statement that a lot of people just. I don't know that I guess you're supposed to just you're you're supposed to reflexively just uh, disregard it or roll your eyes or whatever. But he's not a bad actor either. Uh, Justin Timberlake is not the because as Tim pointed out, it's just standing there and reading your crap off a cue card and then shutting up. Right? Isn't right. that right, Tim? Learn your lines. Be quiet. That's right. Don't trip over anything, jackass. So uh, there you go, acting. And uh, so he's. It's not like he's uh, that bad of an actor. So I have more of his acting here. All right. Here he is as his great-great-grandfather on an immigrant ship, making a reference to his highly publicized relationship with Britney Spears. I'd like to think that, at first, Hilary Day's a popular female singer. <laughs> Publicly, they'll claim to be virgins, but privately, he hid it. See, and that's a thing that shouldn't be funny, because that's information we've had for like 40 years now, that he and Britney Spears were humping it out. So it it's good enough for late night TV. People are just sitting there with but, big buckets of popcorn. They don't care. <laughs> I just keep watching and eating. <laughs> Maybe I'll walk to 7-Eleven. Uh, so it should no longer be amusing, and yet it is, is because he delivers it uh, really, really well. So excellent. Fantastic. Meanwhile, a uh, former Florida sheriff's deputy admits he pulled a woman's bra strap during a traffic stop and moved another woman's shirt to get a better look at her anatomy. Charles Grady acknowledged inappropriate touching Grady! the woman and will be on probation for two years. He moved a shirt to get a better look at her anatomy. Could you make that sound less sexy somehow? <laughs> All right. Uh, by the I way, he wants let... to see her insides or something. I like to see her, her esophagus. In... Come over here. I'd like to see your uvula. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, now is the time on the Rick Emerson Show when we give you a shot at wearing a pair of passes to see Cinematic Titanic live and in person. If you can be caller 10 and you can answer this question at 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. And since Cinematic Titanic is created by and hosted by some of the folks from the original Mystery Science Theater 3000, what a better way than with a bad movie question. What, I repeat, what is the name of the giant flying turtle from a popular series of Japanese monster films created in 1965 to rival the Toho Studios films starring Godzilla. What is the name of the giant flying turtle from a popular series of Japanese monster films produced uh, or begun rather in 1965 to rival the success of Toho Studios Godzilla films? If you can be caller uh, 10 at 503-228-4101, and you can answer that correctly, uh, you will win a pair of passes to see Cinematic Titanic. Cinematic Titanic on sale now, ladies and gentlemen. Here is Tim Riley at the news desk. Meanwhile, two dozen Sacramento-area teenagers spent part of their prom stuck in an elevator. The Mariloma High School students apparently thought it would be funny to see how many students they could fit into the elevator. Well, at least 24 of them crammed in. And they decided to take it for a ride. Bad move. The elevator, which was way over its weight limit, got stuck between floors, and it took the fire department nearly two hours to get the kids out. Nobody was injured. 
All right. Oh, by the way, if you go to rickemerson.com right now, I, I went and checked my uh, car, and sure enough, I left it at home. It was sitting on my uh, kitchen uh, counter. But I found a photo of it. I put it up. You go to rickemerson.com, you can see the SkyMall gadget. And I think this one actually I, I linked to Amazon. <laughs> you can, it, is a, uh, it is a touchless paper towel dispenser. And not like the ones we have in the kitchen here that just seem to go by themselves, like from Poltergeist or something. This, I think, is linked to Amazon, but I bought mine from SkyMall. It is a uh, motion-sensing paper towel dispenser, which I love quite a lot. But just since our kitchen has been kind of revamped, it doesn't doesn't really work. So I'm going to bring it in tomorrow, and we got to figure out uh, something to do with it. So um, anyway, so it's uh, it's very sad. I'll miss it. Tim, what were today's biggest stories? Oh, Donnie and Marie's concert had to be canceled in Vegas after Marie got sick eating some bad sushi, iodine poisoning. They say. Uh, Star Trek beamed seventy-two million dollars into the studio coffers, <laughs> and Donald Trump will decide how to he'll discipline Miss California later today. I think we know the answer to that, Tim. All right, we're going to next CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, as well as Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, and also from CNN, Lisa Desjardins. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Katie Darrell from TMZ.com and from Cinematical, Dawn Taylor. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler of the Nibblonians. Uh, at the front desk, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. Uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donaff with me. Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. And the answer, ladies and gentlemen, is Gamera. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. It is Monday, May 11, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth. Ma, 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 ma.